Good morning. Isn't it fun to praise God? You know, um, we spend so much time during the week and around other things, and what you're around affects you. You know, I've I've just noticed this. Uh, uh, just spending spending some time in prayer, spending time with God. You know, and that's what we've been doing here this morning already. the The purpose of coming here isn't just to have a good time and and. Uh, I'm thankful that we get to benefit from it, but we're here to to glorify God in this place, and we can't help but be affected when we do. And so thank you for being here. It's good to be here together, amen, praising God. Uh, I'm excited about what God is is doing in us as as we uh, connect with his heart, as we connect with each other, and I believe God's doing some things. You know, there there has to be a a pursuit of it. You have to become intentional in, in what you're doing with it. It can't just be something that you just kind of let it happen to you. You make sure it's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like anything that you're going to actually accomplish, you're going to make sure it happens, right? Uh, so uh, I believe I believe we're doing that, and God's is is guiding us. Something I want to speak to today is 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 getting God's input on things. You know, and, and really know that you are. Um, so there, there's some things that are, uh, you know, we, we really need to be touching our community. We really need to be reaching out into the community and doing some things in that regard. And we've been praying about that. But, you know, we want to have God's heart with regard to that. Um, we want to be able to, to uh, touch this. You know, this community is growing like <laughs> leaps and bounds, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and every person that comes into this area is somebody that God wants to make his life known in. Amen? And so uh, I think we really have a responsibility that, that my life and, and God cannot just be about me. It's got to be about touching somebody else. And, and uh, you know, just being here this morning is a big part of that, I believe. But uh, I got a chance. It's, it's really kind of amazing. I got a chance to... Uh, meet a lady that's over uh, this educational outreach thing that, that they've begun in the Austin area. And um, they go into the schools and read to, to children. I don't know if you've heard about this or not, um, but um, we have a school just right around the corner from us over here, Bill Burden Elementary School. I don't know if anybody's familiar with it or not. We've done some work there before. We've gone over there and cleaned up their playground and done some work on it for them. And, um, you know, sometimes when, you, when you, you're just doing that periodically, uh, you can almost forget that you need to do that again. <laughs> you know, things kind of, we, we, we did an outreach here uh, helping some code enforcement people that were having problems with that get their yards cleaned up and stuff. And, and uh, we need to be doing more of that kind of stuff. You know, maybe Jeff can help us with that, <laughs> you know. But, but uh, each one of us ha have something that we can do that'll make a difference. Well, I had this lady uh, get a hold of me this last week. And I guess it's something that's been going on for a while. Um, her name is Amy, and um, they have an opportunity to go into Bill Burden, and you can volunteer for uh, actually a 30-minute period of volunteer time. You actually read with two different children for 15 minutes each. I'm thinking, wow. 
So the heart of, of, of this uh, organization is really to have it all um, sponsored by churches. And so uh, they've asked us, and I've committed. I'm sorry I didn't consult anybody. I've committed that Bill Burden is, is, um, has New Life Church as their church, that we're supporting them, okay? Now, they already have a lot of people. There's somebody that's, that's kind of over it right now, but there's an opportunity there. Um, I thought I'd just play. Can I play a video that kind of shows what this is about? Because what we need to do, we're getting into the summertime, what we need to do is, is, is recruit. We need to have some people sign up for this. So you can do, she said you can do more than that if you want. You can do like an hour and, and read to, to four. Man, I told her, I said, that's not even one chapter of Chronicles of Narnia. You know, I read, <laughs> I read that to Braden uh, in, the, in the evenings. Um, but it's not even one one chapter, really, but you haven't, I think it's a real opportunity that a lot of these children, the reason why we're reading to them is they're not getting read to at home. And so we have an opportunity to actually develop relationships. You can, you can do this throughout the year and develop a relationship. What kind of opportunity is that? It's pretty amazing. But they said it makes a huge difference in their ability to read if you just, if somebody from outside comes in, spends 15 minutes with them a week, I'm thinking, that really makes a difference? They said, yeah. Because what it does is it puts value on that, on being able to read, and it encourages that child that, to have fun with it, you know. Isn't that neat? So I want to encourage us, um, you know, we'll, we'll have some opportunities to sign up for this. Uh, that's something I think I'm going to do. I don't think I'm going to get me a couple kiddos. That's like like my kids. I told Braden, well, I told Hunter this a long time ago. I'm reading to him. I like to read to him when they're going to, you know, going to sleep at night. You know, crawl in bed with them and read them a story or something. And I told I told Hunter this a long time. I said, man, I'm going to miss you. And you know, little kids, they don't realize they're fixing to leave. You know. <laughs> and he said, Nah, Dad, I'm not. I'm never. Go-. I said, No. I'm going to miss you. And so I miss Hunter already. I mean, you know, he, he lives around here, but he's living with her, you know. It's like, <laughs> I don't get to read to him anymore, you know. <laughs> we love you, Lizzie. So, so anyway... Braden came along, and I thought, you know, I get another round here. You know, we get to get to read the kids to, some more. You know, I like to do voices and stuff. You know, and, and um, uh, so it, it, it's something where we can really carry the glory of God too. And so, um, you know, your kids might be raised, but we get we get to touch some other kids too. Is that good? Let me just play this for you. Um, should go. Can we get it up there? education knows we cannot teach everything that we need to teach in the time that we have these kiddos. When we started Education Connection, it was estimated 6,500 kids in Central Texas that needed our help, especially after the pandemic, especially after remote learning. They need us to be there for them this year. 
They need us to be in the, in the classrooms or in the hallways. Uh, it's just imperative that we come and, and serve the kids this year. Uh, when we were last reading in the classrooms, we were reading to about 2,500 of those kids. And now, can you imagine the growth that we've had and the learning challenges by uh, being remote? Those numbers have, have probably doubled. So there's nothing that you could do that would be of more value to the next generation. And the benefits that we're seeing, um, not only in just our students being readers, but being confident readers. When we can bring the community in to really support our students as readers, um, I think it really helps to make that connection between the school and the community. All right, so we'll, we'll be a part of this, all right? And uh, I believe that as we minister today that God's going to speak to your heart too. Isn't that good? <laughs> so uh, he's going to direct us to, to ways to be effective. So um, how many have a lot of different voices coming your way? <laughs> we have all kinds of uh, input coming at us, don't we? And uh, so, even our own voice, how many talk to yourself? <laughs> so, we have a lot of voices coming at us, and, and, and uh, we have these wonderful computer things. You know, I, I, I was hearing somebody talk recently that artificial intelligence is, is going to supersede human intelligence. It probably already has. You know, as, as far as the amount of knowledge, you know. Um, uh, but we, we do have some pretty cool uh, computers sitting on top of our shoulders that one of, one of the biggest missions are, we're given is to discern which voice is going to decide what we do, right? And, you know, uh, we were praying about this this morning. It, it's amazing that we can be here in the presence. I mean, let our artificial intelligence go for thousands of years, and you know, exponential or whatever else. And it'll still be a whole lot less than this being that we're in the presence of right now. He's not a small thing. I think, I think one of the biggest uh, detriments to the potential of God in our life is to assume that what we've already experienced in, in him is it. He's not a small thing. He's huge. Amen? Sometimes I think, man, God, you really must be frustrated with how little we allow you. <laughs> you know? Because he's really a big, huge God. And he sits up there with all the answers. And we're listening to some dimwit that thinks they're woke. That means you must have been asleep for a while. I think you're still asleep. I think you, like you're just talking in your sleep, right? <laughs> right? So, man, I, I want to I open this up a little bit because, you know, there's, there's so much in potential in us. You know, we sang about this today. So, it's like, I am who you say I am. Oh, yeah, 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 I am. 
What does he say we are? Who does he say we are? It's not a small thing. We are who he says we are, but are we living like he says we should? You know what I mean? And, and, and what makes that, what decides that is whether or not we're actually hearing his voice and doing something with it. Because it's not enough to just hear. It's what you're doing with it that decides whether you actually heard or not. You know, so I don't know if anybody's read. I encourage you, we do have a church app, and, and these notes are in the church app. So if you, I think everybody here probably is aware of that already. But, but um, I was thinking about it. You know, uh, we, we get blessed with these little wonderful, and, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to go to dogs. I know there's cats and there's other creatures, but how many admit dogs are like the best, you know? You know, there's so, there's so many different varieties. And we even have the God, a dog father here in our church. Uh, so, um, so my first dog, his, his name was Buck. And my brother gave him to me for Christmas up in Colorado. It's probably 20 degrees below zero up there. And so... Um, Buck slept with me in the bed, you know, and I could, I knew when he had to go potty, so I'd take him outside, you know, and that dog became my best friend, you know, and, um, he learned to listen to my voice. He had all the potential to do what I taught him to when I first got him, but it wasn't until he got to know my voice. And I taught him all these great, wonderful tricks. At least they were wonderful for me, you know. You, know. you can go get books and stuff. And, you know, I, I could go like that and I could go bang and he'd lay down dead until I said live. I could have a conversation until live became a part of the conversation. He would, he would come alive, you know. And I could, I could set him out there and, man, I had to be mean to him. And I could make him sit and, I, and, I, and I'd go, man, a quarter of a mile away. And he'd sit there until I told him he could go, you know. And um, I could do hand motions, you know, he'd go different directions and all this kind of stuff. And, um, but I was thinking about that, you know, we went and, and uh, <laughs> went hunting with Larry. I mean, these, each, 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 each breed has its own capabilities. Uh, you know, and, and these hunting dogs that, that Larry has, I mean, you know, and I asked him about how much you'd have to, you have to, these things, these things are so incredible if they can hunt together. And when one of them goes, you don't have to, to, to tell them to point, right? You don't have to really train them. That's just kind of how they're, they're made. It's, it's built into them. It's, it's, it's a God design that's inside of them. And what's really cool about them is not only are they designed to point, now, I don't know how much of this you have to train. Maybe you, they have to learn your voice on this. But, but when one of them goes to point, the other ones honor that, and they, they, they freeze. They're not there with that dog. They'll freeze. Isn't that amazing? Do you have to train that a little bit? Some, some will. But the main thing about a dog is his willingness, right? He wants to please you. And he's waiting for you to say something. Right? <laughs> it's like these dogs. Anybody ever go to a rodeo? And they have, you know, this, this dog that 
runs around with the monkey on his back or something, you know, and he, and he herds, all these, herds all the sheep, you know, and does all that. You know what? He was born with that, but I guarantee you, if he didn't learn the voice of a master, he would have been running around bothering people. I, I worked out on a ranch when I was 12, and we had these blue healers. They were capable of amazing things, but they didn't have a clue. All they knew how to do was bite your heels when you're trying to walk across the yard because nobody ever really trained them on how, what, what they were made to do, right? They never knew the voice of somebody that saw what they were about from above. Does that make sense? Yeah. I know we're not dogs, <laughs> but we all have, we're all designed really pretty cool, you know? <laughs> and this is something else. Okay, I got to get another dog analogy in here real quick. So I got a, a dog now that he's, he's very capable in specific ways, but he's very incapable in, in some other ways too. <laughs> Actually, he's a beerman. He likes to sing. And as soon as he hears music striking up somewhere, he wants to join in. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Anytime there's a siren going off, man, he, he's, he's about that. <laughs> so what's interesting, though, <laughs> is I've developed a relation with Tebow that <clears throat> he can ignore me. Okay, can I just be real here? I mean, so I... Larry's got these shock collars that help him, and he didn't really use them. It's not brutal or anything, but they listen. When, one of the things that aggravates you the most about a dog <laughs> is when you've told them what to do, they know what to do, and you holler it really loud, and they act like they never heard a thing. Right? They know your voice. So... And Tebow's a retriever, too. I mean, and he loves to retrieve now. But, you know, when I first was trying to teach him, he would go pick that thing up and go play with it somewhere and act like I wasn't even talking to him. Until he learned there was something about my voice that had a rock following it. Now, I didn't hurt him really bad, but... Some about an object flying your way after you hear a certain intonation in a voice causes you to take it seriously now. So he still tries to pull that on me from time to time, and all he has to do is see me start to bend down. It's amazing how he associates my voice with me bending down with something else. Isn't that amazing how he's made? He's such a brilliant dog. <laughs> But what's really interesting is when he, he wants to join with the choir in the backyard. And, and, and um, I tell my wife, just tell him to be quiet. Just tell him to be quiet. He doesn't listen to me. No, he doesn't listen to her. She didn't know how to throw a rock. <laughs> That's what I tell her. I say, just pick up one of those little white rocks. And you don't have to hit him. Just, he just needs to hear it sail him by. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but uh, I, I can holler out the door and I can tell him to shut up and, and um, 
you know, it might take him a little while. I think he's, I think it hurts his ears or something. That's partly what's going on. But, but he'll, he'll, he'll be, he'll listen to my voice. But Braden tries to do that. He's not going to listen to anything Braden has to say, right? So we got a little dog. Man, I'm just spending too much time on the dogs today. But anyway, okay. So we got a new little creature. Anybody seen our new little creature? Man, she's about this big. And uh, I'm not saying a word to her. <laughs> Partly because this is something I did find out is, is that if you're going to really train a dog, it's your voice that they need to hear telling them to do something, not somebody else. Is that right? It's like at least when you're in the training time, right? You tell them to sit. You don't need your kids telling them to sit. You don't need everybody else telling them to sit. You need one voice telling them to sit. And so now, little Pixie, my wife will say, well, are you watching her? Yeah, but I'm not going to tell her a thing. That's your job. <laughs> right? It's like, if that dog's going to learn something, it's going to come from you. That, that's that dog's best chance of learning something is when they have one voice. Our best chance with our Father God is when we can have one voice telling us what to do. And it means more than anything else. Yes. Amen? So many times, and we kind of went through this with our men this week in the lesson that we had in, in there. And it's, this was already brewing before that. But how do we know the voice of our Father? Because there's, a de there's decisions. You know, the big decisions is, are the ones we want to hear God's voice, right? You know, do I move here? Do I change this, you know? Do I kiss this girl or not, you know? <laughs> you know, what are the ramifications that come after that? You know, those big things. <laughs> but actually knowing the voice is going to be the biggest thing we learn. You know, sometimes we want to know what the voice is saying. Just know the voice. Amen? If you're not knowing the voice, it doesn't matter what, it, what, what things are being said. Because you'll not be able to decide whether to really act on it or not unless you know that it's the voice. Okay? All right. Father, we ask you to help us today. Lord, we, we want to know your voice. <laughs> because we believe that what's coming out of your voice is the truth. We believe that what's coming from you is our answer. And Father God, we're, we're challenged with that belief. Where we're, we're, we're in, a, in, a, in a state of wondering or, or not quite sure, God, we ask you to help us with that today. We, we turn our hearts towards you and we say, God, help me to be more willing, more desirous to hear what's coming out of your mouth than anything else and as I do help me to get to know that it's yours Father we thank you for helping us with this today and we give you glory for it in Jesus name Amen so praise God and I might need some help there lovely lovely praise the Lord um, so in the Old Testament, there's a passage that um, in Amos, and uh, if I can't get this going, I'll have you help me here. 
in Amos, it says, <clears throat> let me make sure I got the right reference here before I lead you all astray. <laughs> Listen to my voice. And, you know, there's that one passage that says, if, if the blind are, are leading you, you're going to go into the pit, right? Um, into the ditch, right? So, okay, I think I got it going here. Um, actually, it's Isaiah is the first one here, and then, then we'll get to Amos here. And, uh, still wanting to give me a hassle. All right. The voice of the Spirit is ever speaking, even when we're in front on our own path. Correction. So, so here's, here's one thing that we, we, we have to get established, first of all, because sometimes we want to say, where is God? I don't, God must not be speaking to me because I don't hear him. That's kind of like me when I'm in the pantry when my wife's trying to tell me something really interesting and important that'll change our lives. And they get mad because I didn't hear it. It's like, well, I was in the pantry. The refrigerator's running there. I can't, you know. <laughs> That's how it is with God a lot of times. We say, well, he must not be talking because I don't hear him. Well, maybe you're in the pantry. Maybe you're not close enough, you know. So I like this in Isaiah, and it's, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, if the voice of God is going to lead us, it's got to be in front of us, yeah. right? But I like this passage because it lets us know that even though we might be on our own path, we might be in front, that God's still speaking. Man, this, this is where we can be encouraged today, right? God's talking to me. Right now, I'm special. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice where? Behind you. Saying, this is the way, walking it. Now, what's kind of interesting about this is if you look at the context, it's talking to a group of people that are going on their own path. I think it's amazing that God, even when we're on our own path, and that's who we all are to some extent today, we're not following completely, Right? And I think it's very important to, 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 to approach this that way. God, I need to hear your voice more, right? But to know. Because what the enemy wants to do is to tell you that you're disqualified for some reason. You've been going the wrong way, and so now you can't go the right way. And no, no God's talking to us right now, and it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. He says, I want you to hear me now, right? Isn't that good? All right, let's go, to, let's go to this next one, Psalm 32. God's expressed vision brings guidance. So, so it's kind of like Larry with his dog. You know, he, he sees the big picture. In fact, he made this buggy with, and put the seat up on top of the buggy to where he can see above all those uh, mesquite trees and all that kind of stuff. He knows where the quail are. He knows where all the stuff is. He knows where those dogs need to go. And when he goes to guide those dogs, he's guiding it with what he sees, Right? And God for us right now, he, he knows what we're about. He knows what we're capable of, and he can see the big picture. Amen? I like this. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Don't you like that? It said, you're not going to have to see it yourself. I see it. You just need to learn to listen to my voice. Amen? All right, let's go to Jeremiah 29, 11. We like this one, don't we? For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So something that has to be established is God is our designer. 
And he already has a plan. He already has it all worked out. And even though it might look like it's a risky thing, he has our safety and our best that requires our trust. Does that make sense? So, already we have to approach this. God's already talking to me. He already has a plan. He's, he's speaking my plan. He's speaking the direction for my life. I don't need to see it myself. I need to trust what he's seeing. Amen? All right, let's keep going. This is fun, isn't it? It's almost as fun as hunting with those dogs. All right. In order to follow, we must identify the right voice. So we've been saying this, and Jesus is very clear on this in John 10, 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he brings them out of out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Isn't that wonderful? For what? They know his voice. Now, there's other attempts at leading us. Said so there's there's a lot of options going on, but everyone that's coming in another way than Christ, than through God. <laughs> and we have to be really careful with this because we can become very secure in how we've been able to do something with our life, the decisions we've made about our own vocations and everything else. And it might not be that it's a been apart from God, but it needs to be God. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times we want to put our trust in what's been proven to take care of us and our families by us. And that might be okay. God's, God's blessed you with some gifts. But is it his perfect way? Is it what he's designed that is your purpose for living? Amen? And anytime there's going to be a complete trust in a shepherd, there's going to have to be a willingness to take a risk. It's, it's going to be something that, that might not, you might not feel, well, this is going contrary to what I would think. Right? <laughs> it's like that dog. You're telling me I have to sit here when there's all these birds around here? I want to go have fun. That's what I'm made for. I'm made for, what were you talking about? Pot and. (laughs) 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 And when he brings out his own sheep, they follow him for they know his voice, yet they will by no means follow who? A stranger. But will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Ah. So in order to know the voice of the shepherd, you have to not know the voice of the stranger. Okay, so how how to know. And I just want to touch on this a little bit because sometimes it can be like a mysterious thing. And and here's something that's been an issue for me as 
and I, I just love God myself, and I just want to I, I want to have His direction in my life. And so it affects me when I see some people telling me they're getting direction, and yet I don't see them following in very specific direction that I know they already have. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's like, in order for that creature to listen to what you're going to say, that's why sitting is the first thing, isn't it? Sitting and coming. And before they're going to do anything else, they're going to have to become familiar with a simple thing. Something that you tell them that they can do right now. Right? And God has done that through his word. His word is full of sits. <laughs> and we just want the major. We want to hear the voice. We want to see the writing on the wall. You know? And God said, but I told you to sit. You're not going to hear that voice. You're not going to hear me telling you where to go in the world if you're not hearing me tell you right now in my word, I wrote you a special letter telling you to sit. And that's not enough. You want to circumvent sit and go right to pointing or whatever else, you know? It's like, no, because there's discipline involved. They're saying, I'm not going to listen to another voice. I'm going to listen to your voice. You cannot do that until you're actually responding to the voice that's already been given to you. Okay? So, he's already given us his word. All right? And then what's really special about this is he didn't just give us his word. He gave us his spirit to confirm the word. Don't you like that? You know... It, it's, it's nice to be told to do something, but don't you like, like it when you know why or it feels right, you know? Don't you hate it when you're told to do something? It's like, that just does not feel right. It's just not, it's not, I'm not saying it's not what I want to do, but it's, it's like, it's just, it's contrary with me, you know? <laughs> So God doesn't just give us the sits. He gives us the wants. He gives us the spirit. He gives us the desire. Amen? That comes through who we are. He puts us in touch with who we've been designed to be. Amen? All right, so let's just get through this. Are y'all, are y'all good this morning? Are you having fun? Well, you're sitting, so you're the first. <laughs> your first base because <laughs> you're sitting, right? I didn't even tell you to. You just knew to. It's amazing. Okay. So God's expressed will is fulfilled. Matthew five seventeen. So here's something that that in the New Testament there's a temptation to feel that everything that God has expressed before Christ is not really something we have to take too seriously. It's been circumvented by what we want now. Does that make sense? Or by the Spirit speaking directly to us now. That all the Word of God prior to Christ is being replaced by the Spirit. Now our spirits will lead us completely. Your spirits will never lead you anywhere that God hasn't already declared what His will is. 
that makes sense? So I just want to look at Jesus' approach to this because it's, it's, it's critical that we understand that the whole word of God is, is, has been presented to us, even the Old Testament, so that we have an understanding what, what God's opinion on things is. Why does he say, why did he give us 10 commandments? Because there's consequences. There's consequences for each one of them, Right? No, I need to really decide whether God's speaking to me about whether, whether I should murder somebody or not. Or I just have to wait until I feel directed in my own spirit about whether to murder somebody or not. Or to sleep with my neighbor's wife. No, there's ramifications for that. And God's will is always part of a plan that if you don't, if you don't go along with this, it's going to hurt you. And it's kind of like a basic plan. It's like, duh, plan, right? And it's amazing how our whole society has just disregarded the Ten Commandments and expected to get some kind of direction that's going to take us anywhere worthwhile. <laughs> you know? And if we're not careful, even in the church, we can, we can cover things over. And want to just go to the big stuff that God's going to direct us to. Did you know we need some, and partly why I'm, I'm talking about, we need some direction. We need, some, we need to hear the voice of God for what we need to do as a church body. Amen? But we're not going to hear that just being highfalutin spiritual above everybody else. You know? Oh, we're spirit filled. Oh, really? Well, how's that coming out in your life? How is your life reflecting the will of God? Amen? Can you sit? All right. I didn't plan on using it that much, but you know. So Jesus said in Matthew 5, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I will not, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. What's he fulfilling? The inability that we have on our own to do the will of God has been cared for in what Christ has done for us. Now he's put it into our design. Now it's part of who we are. The spirit has come to, to, to communicate with ours. And Jesus said, you know what? Anything that was in the old, you better be ready to have evidence of it being even better now. If we can't do better than that, what are we up to? Right? Okay, let's just hit some of these real quick. And, and this, isn't, this isn't condemnation, this is liberation. It's like, what is the voice? It's like, it's like we were looking at it on Wednesday. God's saying, I, I made all this kind of stuff, and what am I impressed by? I am impressed by somebody who trembles at my word. What's happening to somebody that's trembling at his word? They're discovering what God's will is. They're discovering the voice of God concerning their life. And they're saying, I'm getting in a line with that before I get messed up, before I hear a rock zinging my way. <laughs> really, there needs to be this. We were talking about, about uh, singing about refiner. What is that? Did you know God, God is, a, is a consuming fire? 
He's not somebody we mess around with and try to get loopholes about how we can get around what he wants for our life. No, he has a very specific purpose for our life, and there's a reason why it's called the Holy Spirit. It's because it's holy. And there is no darkness in our God. There's no fault in him at all. And to care about what he has to say in the big things only is enabled if we care about what he has to say in the little things. Amen? We don't get to just start listening to his voice randomly when it's something that's important. Right? Matthew 5.20. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. I know this is pre-cross and everything else, but there's stuff very similar that's presented to us in the letters, right? That there needs to be evidence that God's our God if we're going to hear his voice, amen? So, so he goes down a little bit further in this chapter, and he, 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 he compares this. He said, you know what? Um, in the Old Testament, it said that you know, in, in the Ten Commandments, if you murdered, that, that was, there was going to be judgment with murder. He said, I say, because it's not just about what you do anymore, it's about who you are. Right? He said, if you even get angry, if you get angry towards your, I sounded like I was angry when I said that. Didn't I? Like, Oops. <laughs> if you get angry. <laughs> <laughs> if you get angry, you've committed murder. Oh, but I thought I, I, I thought this had nothing. I thought we just had to get rid of the, all of that. No, Jesus said, you know what? We're getting deeper on this. Amen. This, this isn't condemnation, this isn't constraint, this isn't bondage, this is liberation to a relationship with a God who has a plan for our life that needs us to hear his voice. Amen? And he said, I've told you to do these things, and until you comply with those, there's no way you're going to listen to what I have to say about that. Because you might have to do something that is really risky. Right? Oh, mean, you mean I can't get mad at somebody now? Well, God wants to have something to say about that. You know? And do you think it would hurt you to not get mad anymore? Oh, but I have to give that up. What a risk. No. Lust and adultery. Remember what he said about this? He said, you know what? You had to actually go to bed with your neighbor's wife. Back then, he said, now, if you just think about it. Now, is Jesus saying this just because he's showing how impossible this is? And that when he goes to the cross, it's not going to matter anymore? No. He said, there's a reason why you need to become in me. You need to become connected with me. So that knowing God and knowing the voice of God can become a reality to you. Because now you take everything that he says and you make it his voice speaking to you right now. How do we start this off? God speaking to you. 
This is how he speaks to us. Amen? Man, you, you don't get by without saying, uh, with saying God doesn't speak. No, <laughs> no, he speaks to us, right? And either we hear and do and know the voice or we ignore and his voice becomes a stranger to us. Right? Just a couple more, you know, divorce and adultery. You know, he said, you know, if you, if you go through the process of divorce and you, all, the only purpose for it is so that you can be with somebody else, that's adultery. Right? Oaths. You know, people will say an oath and they'll, they'll, they'll bind themselves to something. He said, no, you make it about you. <laughs> Just your word. Be real. Be honest. Right? Retaliation versus giving. You know, and, and there's a couple sides of this real quick. That, you know, we feel like we're justified. And, and offense is really this way. If somebody's done something to me, I might not necessarily have to do something directly to them, but I can harbor bitterness in my heart. Right? And Jesus directly approaches this and he said, it's better to, to let go of what anybody's done to you. Amen? Yeah. And give. So giving becomes something that is, is amazing. You know, uh, <laughs> it's a big part of what, what we do here, partly because it's the nature of God. He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? And it, and it also says that God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things you'll have everything that you need for what purpose? So you can give. So it doesn't give you the option to say, I'm waiting for God to speak to me whether I should give or not. No, his will's already been demonstrated. It's very clear. Right? It's God's will to give. Oh, well, tithe, that's the Old Testament. Well, Jesus said, if we can't overdo that, and we're waiting around for God to tell us to give, and we're just deciding whether it should be on the gross or the first, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff, Jesus is saying, you know what? It's not even about that. I am a God who gives. I loved you so much that I gave Jesus. And you're going to pretend to be waiting to hear my voice on whether to give or not? I think I've made it very clear what my voice is with regard to that. Amen? All right. So, and then loving. <laughs> we want to reserve love to those people that we have good squishy feelings about. Uh, the good looking ones, the uh, ones with good breath, and the right political associations. And, <laughs> right? And, and this might really... This might really hit some of us pretty hard. You feel like a, you might want to hold your stomach before, <laughs> or, or put your toes upside down or something. Because um, really, he says, if you're not listening to my voice tell you to love your enemies, right? That means you don't know my voice and don't expect to know it later. Man, this is, too, is, this is too rough, isn't it? This is too, this is too brutal. 
All right, let's quit and go home. All right. Actually, this is great. Aren't you glad you're getting to know this? Amen? Come on. Say woohoo or something, right? All right. So Romans 12, it talks about this, and in a, in a, in it, uh, man, I think this, let's just look at this. The world's voice is imposed to conform. God's voice transforms to his will. So here's what happens. These other voices in our life, these, you know, even sexual temptations and, and these, why is it so damaging to us? I mean, the, the world is doing this to people that have a problem with their identity. What, what's it do? The world wants to impose a changing of an appearance to coincide with something that they aren't. Did you hear that? And this is what the enemy always wants to do. These other voices, what they want to do is impose an action an appearance on us that isn't us. What God's voice does, it calls out who we are to be transformed into the image of who we already are in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? So when you begin to to know, and every time we respond to a sit in the Bible, every time we respond to a direction that we've gotten from him, from the heart of God, here's the wonderful thing about it. You begin to align with love alone, and it bleeds over into a whole bunch of other things. Amen? You begin to love as God has loved us, and you find yourself unable to impose a sexual imposition on somebody else just because you want them. Love will prohibit that. Do you see? And there will be a, the nature of God will begin to flood over into everything that we do. It's not, partly why I'm saying that is because we can get overcome. We say, well, now I have to know everything he says. No, just start obeying the ones that are, are speaking to your heart. Amen? Does that make sense? All right. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Don't you like that? It doesn't say be conformed to God, does it? No, we're not trying to put on something. We're just being transformed into who we are. Amen? And how do you become conformed? By listening to those voices. By having those voices overtake his, right? But be conformed by how? By renewing your mind. How do you renew your mind? How do you you get a filthy mind? You just watch a bunch of filthy stuff. Get around some filthy friends. You know? And you get a dirty mind. Right? And you become a dirty old man if you don't ever fix that. Right? (laughs) But. (laughs) How do you be transformed it doesn't just change your it doesn't just do something to your mind it transforms you it turns you from a dog that's running around biting everybody's heels to one that can actually hurt a whole group of sheep <laughs> does that make sense right because it what god does is he, he he wants to 
by his voice, though. It's, it's just like, it's like, it's, it's like that dog until, until we hear that voice, until we respond to that voice. Amen? We will be taking on the form that the world puts upon us. Does that make sense? All right, say that makes sense. Just help me out here. That makes sense. All right. And then what will you, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what, what is God doing with his voice? He's imparting his will. And what is his will? It's a plan for our life that's much better than anything we can come up with ourselves. Amen? <laughs> All right. The humble, those who align them, their will with his and do his will. My wife was talking about being humble here this morning. This is, this is very precious. Psalm 25, 9 through 10. The humble he guides in justice and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. So what do the humble do? They say, I hear the voice of God. That's what I'm going to do. The voice of God is telling me to be more than an overcomer. That's what I'll do. The voice of God is telling me that I can do all things through Christ. That's what I'll do. Humility doesn't put us down. It doesn't tell us we can't do something. It enables us to be what we've been made to be in Christ. Amen? Don't you like that? So John 16, 13. The spirit. So let's go to the spirit side of this. So we've been just looking at his word, right? This is what his word will guide us into. But, but man. Know that we already have him speaking to us right now. And either we're hearing it and responding to it and knowing it as a result of it, or we're turning him into a stranger. Okay? So John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now, this is, this is wonderful because there are things in our life that we need to know. We need to know the voice of God. Amen? And it's not necessarily going to be something we can go look in the word of God and find it. We need to know. We need to hear the voice of God. Amen? So that's why he sent his spirit so, so we can know in those times what God wants us to do. We can be led to truth. Amen? But the, it's not going to precede his word. It's going to follow his word. Amen? Jesus said, my, my words are spirit and they are life. What the Holy Spirit will always guide us to is truth that's already been spoken that relates to what we're going through. Amen? When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truthful, for he will speak, not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. So what the Holy Spirit comes to do, and this, man, I just encourage us in this today. Because we have the Holy Spirit that's been given to us as a gift that every time we release it, we're filled with it at the same time. Amen? Every time you open up the spigot to receive, you get filled with its fullness. And what it does, it allows you to become familiar with the voice of the Spirit. Amen? And I've been, I've been experiencing this. It's like, I, I'm just going to spend some time. We can talk 
to each other. I, I was thinking about this sometimes. You know, if you, if, if you put a, a timer on this sometimes. We can sit and talk to each other for three or four hours. Just have a jolly old time, you know. Eat some chips and dip and whatnot, you know, and everything else. And you know when you have, I was thinking about this. You know when you have the most interaction with somebody? And I, I don't know, that, that word kind of let it off, but is when they listen to you. You know, if you're just doing all the listening, your eyes can glaze over and you can, you know what I mean? You can kind of say, oh, I think it's about time for a nap, <laughs> you know? But when you're speaking, have you ever noticed that some of the things that, that you get the greatest revelation on in a conversation is when you start to talk? Have you, have you noticed that? It's like, wow, let's just talk this out. And, and it's like, we didn't, we discovered all kinds of stuff by just talking. And God has designed it this way. He, he says, I don't need you just to sit there and wait to listen to my voice. I need to activate my voice in you. And that's what his Holy Spirit comes to do. And, 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 and in the activation of the gift of the Spirit that's not restrained to your mind, as long as you're leaning on your own understanding and trying to come up with something, you're going to be confined to whatever you can come up with. But when you're releasing the voice of the Spirit, he will begin to make clear his words that he's already spoken. And you'll discover things as you release his voice through yours that will make you become familiar with what he's actually meant in something that you thought you already knew. Does that make sense? <laughs> say that. Say that makes sense. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, there we go. All right. Wow. Did you know how powerful that was when you just said that? All of a sudden it made sense. All right. Okay. <laughs> He's speaking those things that be not as though they were. All right. So the spirit's voice will not conform to the body. So here is the very important critical element of this. So many times we want to we want to apply God's blessing to something that we come up with ourselves. We want our voice to be confirmed by God's voice. And if what we're hearing from God doesn't go along with what we've already spoken and what we already want, we discount it as not being God's voice. <laughs> Does that make sense? Did that make sense? Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so I like this. Let's just read it. Romans 8, 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. What is that? That's, that's something that becomes who we are now, right? That when we're hearing another voice, when we're hearing something else, even when we're hearing our own flesh, and we're deciding something that we think is God's will, and I've heard this so many times, somebody tells me it's God's will, and as soon as they've told me it's God's will, I can't have an argument anymore. They didn't ask me, <laughs> you know? But if you're doing something that you want to do and trying to say it's God's will just because it's, it's making you feel good at the moment, it might be God's will, but how do you know? 
if you're not living by the Spirit, if you're not obeying what he's already spoken to do, you cannot have any confidence that that voice that you're hearing is God's. Amen? Until what erupts from your spirit is Abba, Father. This disunity with a spirit to spirit that's not mental. It's spiritual. Amen? Until this is your experience in God's presence in the spirit. And this is why we've been given the Holy Spirit for this reason. To completely go around our natural requirements for things. And God may speak something to you that you would never consider. Would be completely out of line. Some choice for your family. Some, some choice. And, and, and again... There's his permissive, there's his, but then there's his perfect. And we can get through a whole life and we can get to heaven and everything else. But were we really listening to the voice of the Spirit? Because if we weren't, that was something that we could have done. Amen? And it's probably most, most people have this to some extent. But where are we now? And what can we do? How much do we want to know God's voice? What difference does it make? Amen. Okay. With prayer in the spirit, there's an established confidence in knowing his voice. So Jude 1.20, but you, dear friends, must build up your lives ever more strongly upon the foundation of our holy faith. What is your faith? You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But what, what, is, what is that faith? It's a relationship with God, isn't it? Find out what God's voice has to say about stuff, right? What is our faith built on? Who God is and our ability to hear his voice. Is that right? And then we decide if we're going to act on that or not. That's, isn't that faith? <laughs> right? And this says that you can actually build yourself on this foundation of your faith, your relationship with God. When you have this communion that he's designed in the spirit where what's coming out of you is not based upon your flesh, what somebody else had to say about something, and you're liberated from any world conforming while you're praying in the spirit. And you are able to be built up in an Abba Father relationship with God in the spirit that you will never find elsewhere. That's why, you know, you can get to heaven without it. But why would you want to? Why not have a relationship that is spirit led? Amen? Learning to pray in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. What I like about this is it doesn't say that you're just doing it, feeling like you've already got it made. You're always doing it as if it's a quest. Okay. All right, we're getting close. Hang in here with me. Following his voice produces fruitful life. So Colossians 1, 9 through 10. Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives. 
making you reservoirs of every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. We pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Isn't, isn't that good? It's not just the big things. It's everything. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. <clears throat> All right. One more here. God's voice is continually compelling and willing uh, to willingly follow his plan. Philippians, I like this. Philippians 2.13 says, for God is at work within you right now. Can you say that with me? God is at work within me. All right. Say it like you mean it. Oh, say it one more time like you really mean it now. Amen. That means he's talking to you right now. Amen. God is speaking to us right now. That's how God works. You know, when he, he decides to build, uh, to create the, the universe, what does he do? How does he work? He speaks. Amen? So if God's working in us, he's speaking in us right now. Amen? And what is he doing when he speaks? And this is what, this is what we have, just like what we prayed for when we got into this, is God help me in my wonder. Help me to want, because it's just like that dog. If my wanter's good enough, when I hear your voice, I'm going to want to. Amen? Helping you want to obey him. You will not if you don't want to. Amen? And then helping you do what he wants. Isn't that great? God, I come to you. I don't, I don't come to you able to do things. I just come to you wanting to do things. And I'm going to trust you to enable me that whatever I discover in your voice as it speaks, I'm going to respond. Amen? It's important to do this. How many are getting some good stuff out of what comes out of your mouth when you declare what God has said? What we're doing here is we're taking what God has said and we're saying now his voice is going to be something I hear coming out of my voice. Amen? Let's say this together. I am loved and cared for with a plan for my life by my creator and redeemer that is prosperous and blessed. That means his plan for my life is more prosperous than anything I can come up with myself or the world can give me. Amen? It's more blessed that has to be something that we actually believe before we're going to step out in faith and, and do some things that he, he guides us to do. Amen? There is a voice continually speaking guidance and direction to me, whether I turn to the right or the left. Let's go to this next one. I only listen to and follow the voice of the shepherd, ignoring and running from other voices of strangers. By following the voice that is already spoken through the word, I am made to know and follow that same voice alone. Yes, the spirit of truth abides in me, teaching and guiding as I am ever utilizing this gift in its fullness. One more time, the spirit of truth abides in me, teaching and guiding as I am ever utilizing this gift in its fullness. And one more. My will and ability are continually directed by God's voice to his good pleasure. Ah, let's say that.